Greetings! On behalf of Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. 2019 is the year of the team player, and Pastor Josh challenges us to connect, join, and serve in the local ministry to advance the kingdom of God. We're glad you're joining us today, so let's tune in to this week's message. Worship, John 12, verse 24 through 25. It says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted, say planted, in the soil and dies, say dies. It says, it remains alone, but its death will produce, say its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Let's go back up to verse 24. It says, I tell you the truth. Now, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone, but its death will produce. So I want to start a series, you all, um, called Planted. Say Planted. And uh, we just came out of a series this past month about, really just about being transparent and open. Uh, but we're going to start a new series in this month of September about being planted. Amen. And when we look at the word planted, what we're really talking about is committed. Say committed. Okay. Because I believe that we're able to go further. This whole year, our theme has been team player. And in order to be a powerful team, you got to have a committed team, all right? You got to have a team in the natural that goes to practice, amen. And you got to have a team that eats right. We got to have a team, you know, that focuses right. Come on now, you got to have a team that is committed to the end. They can't just be good in first quarter. They can't just be good in second quarter. They can't just be good in third quarter. They got to be good all the quarters, amen. And so I believe that God in this month is really, really can open us up to the heart to maybe commit further or recommit. And all of us in our daily lives can recommit to the Lord. And so, so this is a ministry of commitment. Really, you're not going to get much out of life if, we, if you don't never learn how to commit. Amen. Commitment is critical. Amen. And so we're going to talk about that. And I know it's, it's not a fun term because this is the day and time we live in where sometimes people would rather lease than, you know, than, than, than buy a car. You know, they, 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 wanna, they, wanna, they want the easy way out. Kind of, can I get out of this? That's the question. Can I get out of this? So if I sign up, can I get out of this? That, that's kind of the attitude sometimes, not, not just in, in cars or, or maybe renting out a house, but it's sometimes it's just in relationships and marriage. How, how can I get out of this? Amen. And how many of you know that it's not always about getting out of something? Amen. That's sometimes about committing and planting your feet. Say, planting your feet and saying, I'm going to stay in this thing for the long haul. You don't see people a lot of days now, we talk about Labor Day, who, who can stay on a job or in a career or in a company for, for 30, 40 years plus. You might not see that anymore because so many people, obviously the, the economy is affecting that, but to a degree, people just, they just, from here to there, they're making moves. And there's nothing wrong with it. But sometimes that could be a sign that there's a lack of commitment. There's a lack of planning. Amen? And so we want to talk about the series, Planted. Say, I want to be planted. Now, Matthew 13, verse 37, it says something to us. Matthew 13, verse 37. 
and I'll go to the New Living Translation. Uh, most of that, most of the time I read out of that. And if you don't have an outline, I'm going to be going through an outline today. Just make sure you get one. Just raise your hand and the usher will get you one. And you better read along with us um, as we go through this, the message today. Matthew 30, 13, verse 37. When you get there, say, I'm there. All right, Jesus replied, the son of man is the farmer who plants the seeds, who plants, excuse me, the good seed. Say good seed. The field is the world. And it says, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. How many you know that Jesus is planting and the devil is planting? And so he says here that the seed is representative of man or humans or people. So God desires to plant us. He desires to plug us into something to where we have to stay put in order to give him the glory and the honor. And so I put right here this statement. I said, we are seeds of God's kingdom. Tell your neighbor, you are seed of God's kingdom. You're a child of God. You are a seed of God's kingdom. And so God plants us. I believe God desires to plant us, not just to sow us, not just to allow us to come out of his hand with our gifts and our talents, but God wants us to get into a place of strong and stable commitment. And so to be planted, I'll help you out, give you a little definition. What does it mean to be planted? It means we surrender our will. Tell your neighbor, say we surrender our will. Another way you could say it is that we surrender our choice. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, Jesus is in, a, is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's about to plant himself. And he, this is what he says when he's about to plant himself. He says, he went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be what? Let me know that what, you know, let me keep reading, suffering be taken away from me, yet I want what? Your what? To be done, not mine. How many know there's some things that God wants us to do that we don't want to do? Can I be honest? Can I tell you how we know we're being planted when we're doing something we don't want to do? <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Now, in three weeks, we're going to be doing a gifts test, spiritual gifts test for anybody who wants to find out their spiritual gifts test, actually September 15th in our Connect Day. And we're going to do a spiritual gifts test to help you to learn out what your passions are and, you know, kind of what you always like to do. Like some people are big helpers and some people like to cook. We're going to have some people cooking a day in the Labor Fest, right? Or they already should have baked. If they ain't baked yet, it's too late. And, and some people have that anointing to, to bake and cook. How many of you know how to cook sweet potato pies? Raise your hand. I need to take a survey. Raise your hand. Okay, two people. All right. How many of you know how to bake uh, strawberry cake? Cake. Just cake, period. Raise your hand. How many of you know how to bake it from scratch? No, y'all don't. Y'all don't know how to bake it from scratch. No, I'm messing. How many of you believe that's your gift, part of your gift to cook, to bake? Okay, great, 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 great. How many, how many believe part of your gift is to just, just to like um, help people? Somebody said their gift is to eat, maybe. Gift to help people. How many believe your gift is to administrate? Like you, you're good at order. You're good at order. Raise your hand. Okay, great. How many just believe you have a strong gift of leadership to lead people? 
if anything, if y'all trying to decide where you're going to go eat, you're not going to have any democracy. You said, this is where we're going, Olive Garden. Hush up. Okay, so here's the thing. This, this, this is the thing. Those gifts are great, and that's where our passions are. That's where our fires burn. But sometimes God will have us to do things that are against where our passion is. And, and, it, and, and, and Jesus, I want to say this to you, Jesus was more into the Father, if I could argue this, than us. And what I mean is that he loved us because he loved the Father. There are some things you do just because you love the Father. There are some things you do just because you love Jesus. You don't feel like doing it. You don't want to do it, but you do it just because you love him. Amen? And Jesus is saying right here, I, he said, basically saying, I have a will and the Father has a will. He says, but I want the will of the Father to be done. And when, it talk, when we talk about commitment and being planted, there are going to be some things that in this month, and we're going to have to just settle down and say, man, I really don't want to do it, but I've got to do it because I love the Lord. I want to commit. I want to be planted. Plant, plant, to be planted means serving Christ unconditionally. Say unconditionally. That means in any condition, that means that we're going to be strong. We're going to be immovable. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says be strong and be immovable. Right here, it actually says in verse, verse 38, New Living Translation. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong, say an immovable. Say strong and immovable. And it says, always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord, it, it, watch this, is ever useless. It's telling you, it's never useless. Okay? So, we got, we got to, we got to, it means serving the Lord. I believe, I believe that's another point, and you can take it or leave it. It means to serve the Lord unconditionally, serve Christ unconditionally. That's what Jesus did. He said, I came to serve, not to be served. And him serving, he laid his life down and was planted as the seed that brought life to all mankind. And see, it says, we are mentally influenced. Say mentally influenced. Fill in that blank. Mentally influenced by God. In Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, this is a really familiar scripture for some people. And for others, it may be new. It's okay. In Psalms 1, it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it, what, day and night. And it says they are like trees planted along the what? Bearing fruit some seasons. Mm-mm. You'll bear fruit all season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. You see, that's what happens when we're planted. Prosperity comes. Y'all with me? How many of you want prosperity in every area of your life? Well, we've got a plant. Tell your neighbor, say, you got a plant. So to be influenced by God, obviously he was talking about meditating on the law, but I believe that can also lead to being influenced mentally. Number or letter D, it says means we are stable. Say stable. All right. That means we stay put. Amen. And for some of us, we have a hard time. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you some of us tomorrow, as much as we're going to love the vacation, the time off, some of us not going to know what to do with ourselves. You're going to be bored by 12 o'clock. It's just that somebody said, the devil is a liar. I'm going to be asleep at 12 o'clock. No. But how many ever had snow to come and finally came? The first day is cool. You're like, hallelujah, I got my milk and my bread. Second day is all right, especially if you got kids. It's just, it, it increases. They come in your face, you get in their face, and y'all locked in the same house looking at each other like, Lord, help me. 
But the third day, you, you, you get so fidgety, you just get out and start just shoveling the, the, the driveway. How many of y'all get like that? How many know people like that? They just can't stay in the house. They got to get out and start shoveling the driveway. They start, they ain't never cleaned the windows. They're cleaning the windows and, and all kind of things. And then they get so fidgety, they say, you know what, I'm going to somebody else's driveway. Because they bored. Tell you they bored. They don't know how to stay put. Now, that's kind of some humor, but that's how some of us are with our lives. We're, we're, we're all over the place. We can't, just, we can't just stay put in one thing. We got to be making moves. And can I tell you this? Can I tell you what's, what, what's one of the plagues, I believe, maybe even of my generation? We are addicted to busyness. And watch this. Busyness without purpose doesn't mean you're making progress. You know, we can be real busy, but that doesn't mean we're making progress. We think, we think busyness is equated to progress, but sometimes busyness is going to do no, nothing more than confuse you. It's going to distract you. It's going to hold you back because when you focus, that's when you'll have more power. That's when you'll have more grace. That's when you'll have more ability. Look at what it says in James chapter 1, verse 5, and I think this will help to kind of bring some things in. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I want to be stable. Look at what it says in James 1, verse 5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And verse 6 says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in who? God alone. He says, do not waver. Don't, you know, don't go back and forth. He says, for a person with divided loyalty is what? As unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. And look at what it says in verse 7. Such people should not what? Should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. He says, in other words, if your mind is everywhere, you should not expect divine invention. You, you got you to focus in and say focus in. 2 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9 says something else. Not 2 Corinthians, 2 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9. It says something else. Go with me really quickly. 2 Chronicles. It says, the eyes of the Lord is search the whole earth in order to strengthen those who are what? Whose hearts are fully committed to him. He says that the eyes of the Lord, in the KJV, it says something a little different. It says, show himself strong. It says then, in, in, verse, in verse, go back to that verse, 16 verse 9, verse 9, 2 Corinthians 16 verse 9, it says in the KJV, it says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to do what? On the who? Whose heart is perfect toward him, or in other words, who's committed to him who's planted. Can I tell you this? All in our life, we can look around different scenarios where we see the benefits of commitment. You commit to your finances, you're going to see yourself go higher. Amen? You commit to your family. What about saying if you commit to the Lord, what's going to happen? And I believe you commit to the Lord, you can commit to everybody else on a whole nother level. Because the Bible says he's going to show himself what? Strong. I was thinking about this earlier when I was just getting ready for this message, and I think about how in sports, I played sports, but I think about, how many ever boxed before? Raise your hand. I want to know somebody who boxed. Raise your hand. Okay. Terrence, I want you to come real quick. I want to use an example. Now... <laughs> and boxing is really critical, not just what your hands are doing, but what your feet are doing. Let me go to this side. It's critical not only what your hands are doing, but it's critical what your feet are doing. Because what you'll learn is that you can only punch to the degree that your feet are planted. 
You're not getting me. So that means that, so Terrence, let me, let me act it out for you. I want Terrence, I want you just to stand like this. I don't want you to plant your feet. I know you don't want to mess up your shoes. Just, I know they're they $200 pair of shoes, but just help me out, man. Don't mess up my example, man. All right. So I want you to try to punch like that. Y'all think that was a strong punch? I mean, go. I know, I know Terrence got some guns, but hold up, Terrence. Just, just, just spread up. Spread out a little bit more. I know you don't want to mess up your shoes for your pastor. Okay. Now, I want, you to, I want you to simply try to punch as hard as you can. I'm telling you, reel back and just punch. Was that strong? I want you to go back on your heels. Go back on your heels. Oh. Now, I want you to punch on your heels. He had to think about it. Now, I want you to get in your boxer stand. I want you to plant your feet, and I want you to punch as hard as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's only the air. I ain't there. It's an angel. That's the only one that's standing there. Okay, y'all see that? What y'all think it hurt more? That last one. So he had more power when he planted. You didn't get what I said. I said he had more power when he planted. You know why some people don't have power? Because they haven't planted. Come on now. You got to commit. You're going to have more power in your marriage, more power in your family. More p- when you learn how to what? Plant. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, plant, plant, plant your feet. Thank you, Terrence. Give it up for Terrence for giving us that example. So he said, God said, I'm going to show myself strong to some people who plant their feet, who commit. That's what I'm going to do. When you commit and you say, I'm all in, he said, I'm going to be all in with you. Can I tell you this? God will not force himself on anybody. He's a loving God. The Bible says, draw nigh to God and God will draw nigh to you. He'll let you, he'll, he'll let you allow him to do as much as you allow him to do. That's the power of God that he gives us free will. And so, guess what? Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, stability. When we plant our feet, we are stable. I've never seen a plant that keeps being uprooted and replanted grow fast. It, the, the, the plants that grow are the plants that get planted and stay put. How many of you know that after you plant, how many of y'all plant y'all garden? How many of you, y'all so, y'all so uh, sedity planting stuff? Amen. Some of us got to go by Harris Teeter to get our stuff, but y'all plant. But how many of you know that when you plant, you can't keep digging the seed up every day? Is this making it clear for y'all? So you, 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 you got to make sure that seed has stability because there will be no growth without what? Stability. So you can't, keep, you can't keep digging up that seed every day and say, I don't like that spot. I'm going to go over here. You ain't talking to me. I, 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 don't, I don't like this job. I'm going to go over. Uh, y'all ain't talking to me. I, I don't like this church. I'm going to go over here. I don't like this company. I'm going to go over. You, you, you got you to gotta let that seed sit for a little bit. I mean, if you go and check it after the first day, that wouldn't make sense. You, I thought it was supposed to be this great big plant. No, it takes days. It takes, it takes years. It, it takes decades sometimes for that thing to reach its maximum potential. But it's got to what? Stay put. I think the challenge we have sometimes, and I'll say this as a, as a pastor and a teacher of the Word, is that when you're looking at the Scripture, they don't give you the day-by-day scenarios of these Bible characters. They just give you the highlights for the most part. And some of us are, we're, we're confused. It's just like Instagram. Instagram don't give you to everybody's day. It just gives you the happy times when they're smiling. And then you get jealous and frustrated because you want to smile every day. But they ain't showing you every day. They're just showing you the highlight reel. 
So don't be frustrated by somebody else's highlight reel. Because we weren't, they don't tell us day in and day out how Joseph felt when he was in that prison, when he was locked up. But they show it for a little bit, and then they jump to the next scene, and then he's over here, and then he's the man. He's the, he's the second in command in Egypt, just like that. So we can read that in 30 minutes, but it took him how many years? 15, 20 years maybe just to get to that point. Because we don't know the, 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 the emphasis and the power of being planted, staying put. Y'all with me? I believe that in this church, that as we learn how to just stay put, committed, and, and I'm not telling you don't be progressive, I'm not telling you, but I'm saying this, we've got to be led by the Lord when we make moves. Come on now. So, number one, planting means to surrender our will. It means to serve Christ unconditionally. It means to be influenced by Him. The Bible says be, walk in the Spirit so you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. That means to be controlled by the Spirit. As we're controlled by Him, we produce fruit. It says, then lastly, D, it says that it means we are stable. So here goes a point I gave you. Seeds do not maximize their potential unless they are planted in, in soil. So they don't, we're seeds. Say your neighbor, say, I'm a seed. So I can't fulfill my God-given potential if I'm not planted. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 13, verse 37. You are a seed. Say, you are a seed. So, here we go. What are some results of planting? Planting makes you productive. Say, it makes you productive. We just read that in Psalms 1, verse 4. It says that they will produce fruit in each season. I don't want to just be productive in, in, the, in the happy times. I want to be productive in the bad times. I want to be productive all my life. Amen? And so, it's a, so, so say productive, productive. B, it brings you honor. Say honor. I believe that God honors those who commit to him. I think about how Job, and I won't go there, he was being, man, <sighs> y'all ever read about Job? That brother got it from the floor up. I mean, he got hit financially in his family, and God was sitting up there raving about him. He said, you see that dude, Job? He said, he's the finest man on earth. And he, then he told the devil came and touched his life and, and, and touched his family. I don't know about you, but as men, we like to be protectors sometimes. And his family was going down the tubes. But he was doing it not because he sinned, but because God said, I choose to allow you to go through this. And, and this is what happened. He, he, goes, he goes down the tubes, and God says, see what Job did? He said, even when you tested him, he still stayed put. He still, he, he still didn't curse me. And I want that to be my testimony in heaven, that when the devil comes and tries to tempt me, tries to lure me, God is able to send out praise in heaven. Say, that boy right there, I like that boy. That boy keep worshiping me even though things are going wrong. And it's like, that boy keep praising me even though people are talking about him. That boy keep on following after me even though he's living in such pain. How many of you say, Lord, even if you slay me, I'll keep on living for you? So, so that's what he, he said. So he got, he got praise. He got honor. He said, if you want to suffer with me, he said, if you want to reign with me, you got to suffer with me. And I believe that there's a commitment that will bring you into a place of honor. Hallelujah. Jesus moved into a place of honor when he planted himself in the Father's will. He's now seated at the right hand of honor. See, it brings God glory. It brings God glory. It brings God glory. It brings God praise when we commit to him. The Bible says, let your good deeds shine before men so that they might praise your heavenly father. It brings God glory when you commit to him and you stay put in him. You know, it's interesting that Lazarus, one of the friends of Jesus, which means he was close with Jesus, 
He didn't stop being the friend of Jesus when he got sick. Are you with me? Jesus says, my dear friend, Lazarus. I think sometimes we equate our relationship with God with the absence of problems. You know what I'm saying? Like, we think the closer we are to God, the further our problems will be away from us. But Jesus was closer than anybody. He went through the most mess out of anybody. He, and sometimes, can I say this to you? Sometimes I believe the closer we are, the more God can trust us with that trial. Are you with me? He, are y'all with me? So, like, I don't, because, see, commitment is about being able to face those surprise attacks sometimes. It's being able to expect the unexpected. Can I tell you this? The measure of your commitment and your planting is going to be how well you can deal with unexpected events. What do you do when the surprise attacks come? You go to the doctor just to have a normal, just a, a normal checkup. And the doctor say, I see something. You say, God, I've been praying. In fact, I just came out of saturate. The devil is a liar. You go and you say, God, I've been given. And then the, the job says, I can't use you anymore. How do you deal with surprises? Are we still committed when we have surprises? This man, Lazarus, was Jesus' friend. He was his boy. They probably even ate together. Martha probably cooked him a dinner, cooked him some chicken legs and green beans and mashed potatoes and sweet potato casserole. And that's too much starch. But anyway, so... I mean, laying it out for Jesus, and they hanging out. And after all that time I hung out with you, Lord, in prayer today, you're going to let me get sick? Not only that, you're about to let me die on purpose. Y'all didn't get what I said. So Jesus, does he let his friends die sometime? Y'all didn't get what I said. I just gave you a word. See, We need to redefine what it means to be a friend of God. Because sometimes the devil, see, you got to be careful. Because sometimes it it looked like, I'm not saying it is, but it looked like God treated his friends like his enemies. Y'all not talking to me. Because Jesus, why are you going to let your friend die? And this is why he let his friend die. Because he wanted to get the glory out of his friend's life. Can I tell you this? Lazarus probably brought more glory through his resurrection to Jesus than anybody else. But Jesus let him go through more probably than anybody else. He strategically said, I won't come and fix the situation because I wanted to get real good and bad. So can I ask you this? When when Jesus says, do you want to follow me? And he says, but I might not have anywhere to lay my head. (laughs) People might talk about you. They might hate on you, but at the end of it, I'm going to get a whole lot of glory. Are we going to still say yes? Because <laughs> Lazarus gave Jesus glory through sickness and through death. When his resurrection came, the Bible said, he says, I'm so glad I wasn't there. He said, because now people will really believe. Can I tell you this? God, I believe, can get some story out of your, he can get some glory out of your story. 
But you got to stay committed. Because can I tell you this? There's some people watching you, and they might even be looking for your breakdown. But you won't break down because God is a God that can keep you from falling. And see, some people are looking at your story. And as they look at their, your story, they're going to end up giving God glory. Can I tell you this? Your testimony is going to bring somebody else out. But you've got to stay put. Lazarus stay put. And though Martha and Mary were missing it, the Bible never says Lazarus was missing it. But when Jesus said, come out, he came out in resurrection and gave glory to Jesus. And I believe this, that in order to commit to the Lord, we've got to make sure that we have in mind that we're going to bring him glory, even in a messy story. Here go some, here go some points, and I want to close with this. Some troubles we have with planning as we start this series. Number one, we are troubled by uncertainty. Say uncertainty. We, we, we always want to be certain about things. We always want to have our GPS lined up. How many minutes is it going to take us to get there? And, and how, how is this going to happen? But how many of you know that God doesn't always give you every detail? He doesn't always give you every detail. Sometimes he gives you just a little smidgen of what's going to happen. Just a piece. In Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4, I won't go through all the scriptures I have. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4, the Bible says, farmers who wait for what? They never do what? They never plant. Can I tell you what the reason why some of us have not planted yet? Because we're waiting for things to get perfect. <laughs> See, when I, when I get married, I, I, can't, I can't wait for things to get perfect before I plant into the marriage. You didn't get what I said. I, I can't wait for her to be like the woman off of, uh, and I'm, clo- I'm going to close. I can't wait for her to be like the woman off of coming to America that, that, that says, what do you want me to do? Whatever you want me to do. Like, like, that's perfect for me, but, you know, that's not real. Can I get an amen from the ladies? I might come to the men later. Y'all just stay with me. I'm going to close. I'm going to land the plane. So, so I, some men may think that perfection is just when they come and they, come, they watch coming to America and they, they crying and falling out in the presence of God. They say, this is the will of God for my life. And she said, whatever you want. You remember that? Now, y'all don't watch that whole movie. You got to watch that movie. But anyway, so they said, right, whatever, jump, jump, jump. You want your wife to be jumped. Woman, go in your room. You, she go in her room. Pray for me. Lord, I pray you touch my father. I, I mean, touch my husband. I'm sorry. Lord, I pray you touch my Lord. He Call me Lord, girl. I pray you touch my Lord. My, you come back out. Woman, where my food? It's already made for you. That's a perfect day. And then the kids come running out the, out the room. Daddy, I finished all my homework. That's a perfect day. And I got an A-plus on all of my projects this week. That's a perfect day. Then a dog comes and runs up to you and just sits right right beside your foot watching the football game. Your team wins. That's a perfect day. The team you hate the most loses. That's a perfect day. We all love planning in those situations. But what we don't like to plan in is the storm. We like planning those situations. Come home. Yeah, honey, we got about, got about 20 years of savings. We don't need to work no more if we don't. You know. it's, all taken care, it's all taken care of. It's all in the bank. I'm just working because I love to work. That's all. You lying. You ain't loving because you. Say, I, I just, I'm just working because I just love to work. And, and I just love you so much. I'm going to take you to Paris. She said, oh, that's just so perfect. Every weekend, I'm going to take you to Paris. That ain't even 
possible. You like Aladdin telling her, you're going to show her a whole new world. Amen. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? Tell you, that's perfect. I give you a shopping spree every week. Every, every weekend, you go wherever you want to. Nordstrom's, you tell me. I got you. And we're going to go to Ruth Chris every Wednesday and Friday. And get a, and get a $75 plate of salad. Amen. So, 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 uh, so that's perfect. That's perfect. But, see, Jesus, he planted himself when one of his top disciples betrayed him. Can you plant in that season of betrayal? I'm just, I'm just talking real because we're talking about commitment. See, you, you, we want to commit when all the conditions are just right. Yeah, it feels good. It, yeah, boy, everybody like me. I got all these likes on Instagram, Facebook. I'm about to plant. Uh, no, 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 no. What happens when Judas betrays you? Peter is about to deny you. And he told you to his face he wouldn't do it, so he lying. And you still got to plant. You still got to commit. The Bible says farmers who wait for perfect weather. Guess what? You know what I take that to mean if I go just a little bit deeper? It's never going to be a perfect time. <laughs> That's what it's saying. It's saying if you wait for perfect weather, you, gonna never, you ain't going to never plant. I'm going to start loving them when they start loving me. No, 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 no. You got to start now. Because you'll be waiting all your life. How I many you know you can go on a roll today, somebody cuss you out. You can't wait for them to be nice to you before you start being nice to them. So tell your neighbor's neighbor, plant. Even in uncertainty, in times where it's not certain. Troubled by competing priorities. Troubled by competing priorities. Competing priorities, and I'm not going to go into this too much, but in, in uh, Luke chapter 9, it talks about how Jesus asked the man, he said, come follow me. And the man said, I'm going to follow you, Lord, but I got to do something else first. <laughs> he said, I'm going to follow you, but I got to take care of this first. How many know Jesus still is calling us to commit, even when there are other things happening in our life? And he said, I would... But I got to do something else first. And I believe that I know in my life, I know there's a lot of things like even in the morning when I'm getting up praying and, I, and I've committed myself to prayer, reading the Word, there are a whole lot of things that try to distract me. Emails and text messages and I'm just, and, and all kind of things are going on. And I said, Lord, I got to stay planted because I'm going to need this fruit later on today when somebody try to tell me off. I'm going to need the fruit of joy and peace. I got to make sure I'm planted so I can grow the right fruit. And, 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 and every, any given moment, the enemy will try to get me uprooted. He'll try to, oh, you don't need to pray today. You'll, you don't need to read the word today. I'm, and sometimes I'll be honest, y'all, can I be real with you? Sometimes when I'm planting in this thing of devotion to the Lord, sometimes I'm falling asleep reading the word because I'm, I'm so tired, but I say, Lord, I got to do it. I got I to gotta get through this word because if I hide your word in my heart, y'all not with me. If I hide it, if I hide it, that could even mean maybe if I plant it. Y'all ain't talking to me. If I plant your word in my heart, I, I won't sin against you. No, I got to get something in me so I can get something out of me. Y'all ain't talking to me. So, so I, so I, I got to plant. I got to plant even, even when I don't want to. Even, even when I don't want to. I got to plant myself in love. Even when people who I thought would be there my whole life leave me, I've got to, got to plant. I got to commit. Tell your neighbor, say, I got to commit. Because I won't have fruit without commitment. But competing priorities, what's the but in your life? I will serve you, Lord, but. But I don't have a job now. Or I, I will serve you, but I, I just had a lot to go on in my life. What's, what's the, 
What's the but? Because I believe God wants to remove that. Because I believe if we take care of God's business, God will take care of our business. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added. Number three, we are troubled by offense. So why, what's some troubles we have with committing? Offended. You know, it's hard to commit to somebody you're offended by. Oh, yeah, it is. Tell your neighbor, say, yeah, it is. So you ain't got to say amen loud, but you know it's true. Offense will, will separate us and will, man, it will it'll just, it'll just make us rethink some things. And I know we talked about offense last month, but, and I said it before, but one of the signs that I would say of, that you're offended is that when they come around, you start growling. Not a loud growl, but y'all got people like that? And then they ask you for some. Can I get a dollar? You ain't giving no dollars away. You ain't getting nothing from me. Why? Because they offended you. They they at work and they they don't do any work at at work. That's why you go to work to work. But they don't do any work there. And they want you to do all their work. And then they send out emails. Yeah, I'm sorry that my coworker didn't do their work. No, it was your work, brother. But because God has told you to operate in love, love covers a multitude of sins, so you cover them. And then after they keep doing over and over, then you go to the boss and say, now, I'm sorry, I can't cover anymore. We got to talk to you. But my point of saying that is what do you do when that coworker offends you? Do you stay committed? Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 10, I'll just put it like this because I got to close. Matthew 24, verse 10. Hopefully, hopefully you're getting something out of this today. Matthew 24, verse 10, it says, and many will turn away from me. And what? And betray and hate each other. Look at what it says in verse 11. And many false prophets will do what? And will deceive many what? Look what it says in verse 12. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow what? This is the, this is the last days. But the one who what? You know what I believe that means? That you keep on loving even when it hurts. Because it's so easy to get bitter so easy to hate people. It's so easy to look at their Instagram and say they ain't really happy in their family. That's a fake smile. Their kids ain't cute anyway. I mean, it's so, e- it, it, it's so easy to hate and avoid people at family reunions. That uncle or that aunt that still ain't paid you back. The Bible says the one who endures to the end, that stays planted, they will be what? Say, if you go back to that verse 10 in the Amplified, it actually says offended it says, and many will, it says, and then many will be what? And repelled. And repelled and offended. So sometimes we, we have a trouble committing because of offense. A lot of times, even in the church, we can be offended and we get hurt. And it's hard for us to commit. But God, I believe, can heal your heart and he can restore your soul. Number four, I believe we're troubled, lastly, by our past sins. Past sins. Sin will, it will keep us from fully serving the Lord. Condemnation will mess us up. It'll make us run from God instead of running to God. I believe, I believe there's a there's a there's a need maybe for some of us to know this that there's no sin that's greater than his grace. There's no sin that's greater than his grace. When Jesus shed his blood, he paid for past, present, and future sins. That's why when we worship him, we worship him with all we have. Because his perfect holy body and his pure blood is enough. 
Matter of fact, can I say this? It's more than enough. It's not just enough. It's more than enough for our sins. And I tell you, I look at Genesis 3, verse 8. It says this. It says that when, when Adam and Eve, when they had sinned, the Bible says that they begin to run from God. And I know some of you in this room today, you probably sense God calling you, even as this word is going forth, God is calling you. You're in church today knowing, <laughs> look, this is not even the first time you heard it. This is the second, third, fourth time you heard it. But God is putting, he's, put, he's, he's massaging your heart and saying, I want you back. I want you to follow after me with all your heart. I want you to commit. I got your family under control. I got your finance control, but I want you to commit to me. He says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. You don't have to hide anymore. Because you, you notice Adam didn't run after God. God ran after Adam. And I tell you, that's still his heart today, that when we sin, he's coming after us. The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. How many know that God will pursue us in relationship? Matter of fact, he, if God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He, the Bible says the son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost. When we're lost and we were doing whatever, it wasn't us that came and found God. It was Jesus that came and found us. He came and found us right in our mess, right in our mistake. But God's love prevailed and came after us because God pursues in love. And so that's what he did. He came after them, and he was calling them, and, and he said, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Just, Adam, where are you? Where are you? I don't know. Maybe some of you, that's the word for you today. God is saying, he's asking a question, where are you? Have you been uprooted and planted somewhere else? Are you still planted where I placed you? Or have you moved? Where are you? Where are you planting all your emotions and your desires? So past sins in Titus 2 verse 14, and this is my last scripture of the day. It says, he gave, a, he gave his life to free us from what? Every kind. That is such good news. <laughs> Not just like the little ones, the big ones too. The ones you don't want to tell nobody about. He said he, he did it to set us free. To cleanse us. To cleanse us. To cleanse us. And to make us his very own people. And then this is what it says. This is what it says. Totally what? My dad said this, what God requires, requires God. You can't commit to him beyond the grace he gives you to commit. And that's why Jesus shed his blood so we could be committed. When Moses told the people, told Pharaoh, he says, let my people go so they may worship me, so they may serve. We cannot commit to God when we're still bound up. God, I believe, wants to set us free. Amen. Because I believe when we plant ourselves in soil, fruit is coming. And just like Terrence showed us, our punch is coming too. Our power is coming back. Joy is coming back. Peace is coming back. Power is, y'all ain't with me, power is coming back. Our soul is getting stable again. As we replant in the soil, God wants to plant us all over again. Some of us maybe that he wants to put us back in place. He wants us just to stay put. And some of you, as every head bow, every eye is closed, you, 
You know what I'm talking about. You, you, you said, I've been troubled by offense. That's why I uprooted myself. Or I, I didn't know what was going to happen in my life. And I, it didn't look like things were going to work out. That's why I uprooted myself. We all can fall prey to that. Because we like to try to figure things out. And you, 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 you might say, I uprooted myself because there were some other priorities that just came in. And I just, be honest, I just felt like those things mattered more than God. Today, I make a decision to plant unconditionally. I, I'm going to do just like Jesus, that even in the midst of betrayal, even in the midst of a hard time, that he still planted and said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And because of that, he produced a harvest of new lives. I wonder how many people are going to be impacted because of your planting. How many others are going to be able to plant themselves because you planted yourself? And so today, there's an opportunity for us to say, Lord, I just make a fresh commitment to you. I make a fresh commitment to you in September and for the rest of my life to follow after you and to grow. Every head bow, every eye closed. I'm going to count to three. If you say, Pastor Josh, pray with me, pray for me, I need to replant. I need to replant. Or I need to plant for the first time. You can do that on today. You can do that on today. I'm going to count to three. Without fear, without shame. When I count to that, that third number, I just want you to slip up your hand and say, pray with me, pray for me. One, two, and when I say three, just slip your hand up. Three, slip your hand up. I'm going to pray with you, pray for you. Is there anybody? Say, I, I see that hand. Anybody else? Come on, just slip your hand up high. Slip it up high. Slip it up high. I see that hand right there. Is there anybody else that says, Pastor Josh, pray with me, pray for me? Hallelujah. Some of you say, I just want to, I need to commit to the local church. I, I don't have a church where I'm committed. And you say, I believe God has called me to be here. This is your place. This is your home. You can just raise your hand as well. I'm going to pray with you, pray for you. Hallelujah. So just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord, I need you. I need you so much. I can't serve you without your help. And today, Lord, I don't wait for perfect weather. I don't wait for perfect situation. I just plant myself in your word and in your ways. I believe from this day forward, I will never be the same. Because you have everything taken care of by the work of your cross. Lord, we thank you for fruit, for prosperity as I plant myself in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody give a shout of praise to the Lord. Come on, give a shout of praise. Stand on your feet. Give a shout of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Were you empowered to become a team player? Let us know. Connect with us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian, Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And you can also visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you back next week to the Movement Podcast.